Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bill's Mafia showing their support at 2 a.m. for their team in sub-freezing temperatures after the Bills clinch a playoff spot second time in three years. One of the great stories in all of sports are the Bills fans. And who the hell are the Houston Texans? Much like the Dallas Cowboys, Jekyll and Hyde back to being gangbusters yesterday. We'll hear from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire Zip Recruiter. <coughs> excuse me. Dot com. Slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania. And over the weekend, I had a problem. What happens when parenting duties and NFL fandom collide? <coughs> Excuse me. Got a little uh, cough well, uh, here. And Dave, here, here's the deal, Dave. It wasn't just fandom, though. Let me Let me take you into my world a little bit. I know where you're going with this. I've seen your tweet at Dave Briggs TV, so I know the deal. And here's the beauty of it. It's not just fandom anymore, bro. This is your job. This is work. Sorry, honey, but I have to watch these games because I have to talk about it tomorrow on Home and Home with Ross Tucker. We've got bazillions of listeners and viewers that need my expert opinion of these games and they check it out radio.com slash home or the radio.com app i have to watch these it's a work obligation but set the scene right. for us you're right it's not just parenting it's my job to watch nfl games so i had two dance recitals yesterday i have two daughters I have a 14-year-old and I have a 7-year-old and both their recitals, wouldn't you know it, how rude, fall on a Sunday. So I'm at these recitals and I told my wife, look, I mean, I'm obviously going to go, but you know I have to watch these games. Like, I probably would anyway. I probably would have been streaming the games anyway because I love the NFL that much. But because it is my job, I literally have no choice. And your daughter only dances for about three minutes of three hours. So what do I do? I put my iPhone on the NFL.com app, which allows you to stream red zone. Thank you. NFL app. I put it there on the program. And if you're watching us on the radio.com app, you can see the dance recital program showing the four o'clock show rundown. There's 21 acts at this dance recital. So I can't miss a couple of hours of the NFL Sunday and then appear on this show. Like I know what I'm talking about. So it wasn't just that. I got some awkward looks from that. The problem, I think, was the wireless earphones. <coughs> the wireless earphones prevented me from realizing how loud I was talking. 
So when my son asked me a question, I said, it's almost over. And like five adults looked back at me like, you asshole. <laughs> so I realized then that it was the wireless earbuds I was listening to the games on while streaming the games. I was revealed as the ultimate douche dad in the dance recital. Should I feel bad? No, not at all. Okay. You know who should feel bad? The pirouette posse. That's who should feel bad. And I want to get the head of the pirouette posse on here as a guest. And I want to know what are they thinking when they schedule this recital on a Sunday during football season? And not just at any time, by the way, at 4 o'clock, right when the 1 o'clock games are ending, right when everyone in American society should be watching the red zone to see how all the one o'clock Eastern time games end. That's when they start it. I'll tell you what the truth is here. Whoever's in charge, of the pirouette posse, they hate football. They <laughs> hate America. They hate you. They hate me. What, what is going through their skull when they schedule this? On a Sunday, everybody knows during football season, you only schedule things either in the morning on the weekends, like soccer or a swim meet or whatever, or during the week after school. You don't do it on a, you don't do it on a Saturday, but you really don't do it on a Sunday. And I've been to those recitals, and you are 100% right. Your daughter is only out there for three minutes of hours and hours of other, I'm sure they're lovely girls, and um, it's not the worst, it's not the least entertaining thing I've ever watched. They've got different songs, and they dance, and it's cool. Like, it's fine. It's fine. But... Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no on NFL Sunday at 4 o'clock. That was going to be my question for you was whether or not you put the earbuds in. Because, I, you know, you can almost get away with having the program like that and having the phone there. I was curious as to whether or not you put the earbuds in and got the audio so you could hear what was going on. I actually felt like the earbuds were number one. The video was actually going to be number two because what I what I did at times, I tilted the uh, phone down so everyone around me couldn't see it. But as soon as I heard in my ear, you know, the enthusiasm go up, then that's where I tilted the phone back down so I could see exactly what was going on. Look, you, you got to do what you got to do. I really appreciate the school system out here in Connecticut for having great Wi-Fi. And let me just say a big thank you, because if I'd had bad stream quality, I probably had and would have gone out into the hallway. I would have gone out into the hallway and might have missed my daughter and then would have been in the doghouse forever. What would you have done in this situation? Uh, uh, the exact same thing you did. Or I would not have gone to the recital at all. But I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have done the exact same thing you did. Right. You have two daughters. I, I, think you did it, I think you did it exactly right. 
I don't think you should feel bad at all. I think the pirouette posse should feel bad. Here's my question for you. Yeah. How did your wife feel about it? She was actually okay with it because when she first saw the breakdown of when the shows were, she actually said to me before I even had a reaction, I know it's Sunday, it's four o'clock, it's not great, we'll work it out. So there was no way she was giving me an out. There was no question I had to go, but she was at least introducing the concept that maybe I would sneak out in the hall. Maybe I'd be in and out. I don't think she knew I was going to stream the game on my phone in the ceremony, but she understands ultimately at the end of the day, what pays the bills. All and right. So look, I got, I got two questions. Yeah. I got two more things for you. Number one, what would you have done a year ago before you were the host of the soon-to-be award-winning show, Home and Home, on the Radio.com app. Well, I got to tell you, I've had problems with this before, before it was my job. The one time that I really pushed it too far, and I'm okay with the dance recital, but there was a time that I pushed it too far. Two years ago, 9.30, London game, Texans playing, really wanted to watch it but it was one of those Sundays that for some reason we had to go to church. And yes, that time I was kicked. That time I was told not to ever have my phone out at church. Do not stream NFL games at church. I learned a cardinal rule that day that I broke. So it's long been a problem. I've long streamed games on the sideline of my son's soccer and or basketball games that I don't get dirty looks. I usually have dads come look on and check scores. Church, I'll admit, was a step or two or three too far. Yeah, church is uh, church is taking that a little far, I think. Um, now, let me ask you this, because yesterday, so I had to leave, and I, I want your advice on this. Yeah. I had to leave on Friday to go to the Army-Navy game. And I didn't get back till late Saturday night. And my wife and daughters happened to be going to this thing they do with my wife's family where they stay at this kind of resort place in Lancaster called uh, Eden, right? The Eden Resort. So they're there. And then uh, they have brunch there on Sunday. And then they actually wanted to go to Hershey Park and enjoy Hershey Park. It's fine. We have season tickets uh or my wife's family has season tickets i should say i, I don't act like i get I, I can go to every game if i want to but my wife's family has season tickets to the hershey bears which is ahl hockey it's a good it's it's really fun and they're really good seats club club seats they're great uh there was a game yesterday at five we only ever go to the sunday five o'clock games because any other game, it's 7 o'clock, and by the time you get done, it's 9, and our kids are a little too young for that. My wife said, is there any way you can come? Yeah, that's how she positioned it. <laughs> and I guess I could have gone, but because especially because it was 5 o'clock and the early games would have been done. But if I would have gone, Dave, and I would have been streaming the red zone for the five, four o'clock games. She would say to me, 
you should you're not present you're not here you shouldn't have come at all so like that then i can't yeah. go because if if i if i go and i can't be following the rams cowboys and all these games the raiders last game of the black hole i i can't go but in that instance when it's not like a recital but like an a social thing she would say to me why did you even come you're not present. You're not here with us. You shouldn't even come. So you made the, you I made didn't the right go because I knew that would be her reaction. Yeah, you made you made the right decision for several reasons. I mean, one, it is a social engagement. It's something they go to all the time. The fact that they have season tickets tells you not a huge deal. But number two is that's longer than is the dance recital. I was home for the end of the four o'clock game. So I did not miss the conclusion of the San Francisco or the Oakland game. That's where I may have drawn the line. I would have been out in the hallway if I was going to miss the conclusion of the games. But also, if you're at a hockey game, you couldn't have just popped in earphones because you still wouldn't hear a single thing. So dance recital, quiet enough that I could have the earbuds in, hear everything that was going on, and technically not miss a minute. And I did make an exception when my daughter danced. I pulled the earbuds out. I put the iPhone down and turned it down because I what, know. What did your kids think? What did your kids think? You know, my son was actually um, playing an iPhone game himself. So he wasn't the least bit offended. And my daughter and my wife were a little further down. So I'm not sure they were glued to what I was doing. My son, if anything, would have said, hey, can I at least have an earbud so I can catch what's <laughs> going on? He He poked me mid through the show and said, did the Eagles win? I said, Greg Ward. And he's like, who? <laughs> so, yeah, who? That's what happens when you're the Eagles and you win with a former college quarterback. But it's a difficult situation for parents. I'm going to have to figure it out on a Saturday when I have three youth basketball games to attend. So are the struggles of a parent. All right. So one of the great stories emerging from the NFL that I was watching on my program in a dance recital was of the Buffalo Bills. How about the Buffalo Bills? Ten wins, first time since 1999. Best part of the story, though, happened on my way to work this morning to CNN, 2 a.m., Bills Mafia shows up, 20-degree weather, to welcome their team home, congratulate them for clinching the playoffs. They do it for the second time in three years. Sean McDermott, he's a terrific head coach, and deserves all the credit in the world for rebuilding this organization, really top to bottom. But if you ask me, their win over the Steelers didn't do much for me. I know it's 10 wins, but I view those two organizations exactly the same way. They are the same team. Neither of them scares me. Both have great coaches. Mike Tomlin's done a hell of a job in Pittsburgh with Duck Hodges, who handed that game to Buffalo with four interceptions. But Buffalo doesn't scare me one bit. Josh Allen is who he is. He's erratic. He's talented. He runs around. He's going to throw you a touchdown, maybe two. I think he's run for nine or 10 touchdowns this season. I know they have 10 wins. It's great that they clinched the playoffs. Welcome to the ceiling. They just bumped their head on it, Ross. This is who they are. They'll get to the playoffs. They cannot win this division, so let's do away with those illusions. They don't scare me one bit. Well, they're not going to win the division because the Patriots would have to lose the last two games, including at home in Week 17. 
to the Miami Dolphins. That's not going to happen. So in a weird way, this week 16 game on Saturday afternoon that I'll be at between the Bills and the Patriots is not all that significant other than for the Patriots for seeding purposes in the AFC playoffs, uh, which is why it is important. They're going to make sure they get the bye and not the Kansas City Chiefs. But for the Bills, they're going to be the five seed. I mean, they're just going to. And I would tell you, Dave, I think I like the Bills over whoever they play from the likely AFC South in that first round wild card game. Yeah, I do. Their defense is really, really good. And they have a formula for success that works for them. I also think in a playoff game, I think they'll run Josh Allen even more than they have been. I think that they'll, I mean, Josh Allen will be like their Cam Newton and not quite Lamar Jackson, but I think he'll get, I think they'll be willing to increase the volume of Josh Allen runs. And he is a big dude that can run fast in those situations. So I like the Bills more than the Titans. And I even think the Bills, I think Bills-Texans is would be a really good game. I think it'll be the Saturday 4-30 uh, wild card game. But I think that the Bills, I think I would take the Bills. Just like I took the Bills to win last night, I think I would take the Bills. You know, we live in a, a, in a place now, Dave, where people are so, like, offensive-centric and quarterback-centric that people forget that you can win this way. You can win the way that the Steelers have been winning until last night. You can win the way that the Bills have been winning. And Josh Allen made enough throws, the touchdown throw to Tyler Croft, the throw to John Brown. He made enough throws to win the game against a very good Steelers team in prime time, on the road, not easy to do, and he got it done. So I just wish people would respect the Bills they're 10 and 4. They've now won primetime games, standalone games on the road in Dallas and in Pittsburgh over the last 3 weeks, and it just annoys me that they don't get more respect from people like you, and it's because of the fact that A they're the Bills, B it's a small market, C their quarterbacks Josh Allen, and people in general don't believe a team like that can win playoff games or can do anything until you see them do it. And I get that. So they're going to have to win a playoff game to get any respect. I'm not saying that they're a Super Bowl contender. They're absolutely not. But, man, I respect the heck out of what they've done. Ten and four. First ten win season in 20 years, and they still have two more to go. It's very impressive. All right, let's continue the radio.com red zone with WGR 550 on the Bills. Big win. They clinched a playoff spot with two weeks to go in the regular season. Like, what? What? Like, I'm not even sure how to really process all that. The Bills are in the playoffs after beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh for the first time in decades. And winning on Sunday Night Football, 17-10. to 10. With that, they win their 10th game 
of a season for the first time in 20 years. Living in the moment, yeah. I was at a Dave and Buster's, and I, I have that. Mm. I have my actually that game recorded my Twitter account at JRed Show. So I, it was a great night for me, great night for the Bills. But you talk, talk about the future. Um, as of right now, I'm looking at the AFC. Baltimore is really the only team that scares me right now. I, the Bills should be able to win a playoff game. I remember when I first signed here, a lot of people just thought I was coming here to um, get stats. You know, and uh, when I got here to see what type of guys in this locker room, man, uh, great family, play hard, you know, great coaches. We just won. And uh, it kind of reminds me when I was in San Fran, we was winning. Uh, when you won and, and, and care and love for each other, man, you're willing to do whatever on the field with each other, and you get opportunity to, to get to that postseason. And, you know, when that time comes, you know, anything can happen, you know. The, the Bills fans uh, who came out. They love them. They, they're great fans, man. We play hard for them. And um, I'm just happy we got the win now. You know, we got two more left. We um, get ready for Saturday game and, you know, um, go from there. I'm happy we in, though. I wouldn't be surprised with people at the airport at 2.15 in the morning. They're going to be there. Let's go. <laughs> I want to get to a point where we can start to have conversations that I personally, as a Bills fan, have never had before. And we have reached that point. They have clinched a playoff spot by week 15. Pittsburgh needed their quarterback to make plays. WGR 550 in Buffalo radio.com red zone. You heard from Frank Gore. there, the ageless wonder, the future hall of famer. They keep going. Great story. Terrific fans. I'm just saying. Josh Allen of the postseason against Deshaun Watson or the way Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are playing. Not going to happen. Great defense, great story. I don't know that that quarterback can win a postseason football game. Needs to be a better passer, more accurate, less erratic. Take a quick break. When we come back, Kevin Hagelin, 105.3, the fan in Dallas, joins us with the Jekyll and Hyde Dallas Cowboys. Which team are they for real? And what does he take away from Defergate? Should the NFL have let Dak Prescott off the hook. We're back after a quick break here on Home. But first, Dave, I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter before we go to break. You know why? Because I freaking love ZipRecruiter, especially Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner, who experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. 
Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Are the Dallas Cowboys the team nobody in the NFC wants to play? We'll ask Kevin Haig on that and more when we return. It's home and home, radio.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, both 7-7 seven and seven football teams, meet for a trip to the postseason. Ought to be outstanding. Home and home, radio.com. Sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Should be an outstanding football game. Does either team deserve a home playoff game? Well, we'll debate that another time. But they debated This game coming up this weekend, this morning on WIP radio. You can listen to them anytime on the radio.com app this morning on the program, a Dallas Cowboys caller called in to boast about their team, but Eagles surely wasn't having it. Here's their back and forth from WIP. Come on. Where you been for last month? Angelo. I've been, I've been, I've been thinking Angelo. I've been hoping my Cowboys come around. Al, he's been thinking I for the last that, month. He's been thinking. I've heard you cause of mine. I don't think you do much thinking. Angelo, I've been listening to all your shows. Trust me. Yeah, but, well, why did you never think to call me while your team was doing awful? You always pound me. You never let me on the radio when I call. I let you on now. I'm listening to you now. What now do you want to say? We got a big game coming up on Sunday. What are you feeling Angelo. right now, Lamont? I know. I got, I got, I got news for you, Angelo. It's not going to be happy next week. For you? For you or for us? For you guys. We're going to lose? Yeah, you see how we dismantled um, the Rams last night? Yeah. I was at at the Redskins game yesterday. If that boy would have caught the ball number 17, it would have been over with. All right, hold on, Lamont. I'm getting some bad feedback. I got to put somebody outside here who's not happy I just did this. Eagle Shirley. Shirley, you're not happy I put Lamont on? No, no, you do not get a chance to come on this station, and now you want to talk. Get him off. Don't nobody want to hear him, Angelo. We already get off the phone. It's time for you to hang up. Don't nobody want to hear nothing about you and your dad or Dallas fans. Your Angelo going to hang you up. You got to get off the phone. No, listen, Shirley doesn't want you on. We do not want to hear from you. Not today. We got to get finished going through what we're going through. He's nervous. He's nervous. I ain't nervous at all. 
Woo! It was heated this morning. Kevin Hagelin joining us 105 through the fan in Dallas. Kevin, good to see you, man. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker, what's your message for Eagles, Shirley, ahead of this Eagles-Cowboys matchup? I mean, Lamont is clearly right. We already destroyed the Eagles once, so what makes you think it won't happen again? That's right. Yeah, I get I mean, cocky after one win. <laughs> no, but in all sincerity, Kevin, I, I've watched every snap the Eagles have played. You you should be embarrassed if you don't beat the Eagles next Sunday. You really should be. Well, that would be about par for the course for a few different times this Cowboys season, so I wouldn't rule anything out. What would it mean? Seriously, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, and I'm sure you speculated it for hours and hours and hours on 105.3 The Fan. Would that have to spell the end for Jason Garrett if they lose to the practice squad Eagles? Yes. And, and uh, you know, it, it's really funny that people strictly focus on Jason Garrett. It's going to go so much beyond that is, you know, Chris Richard, a lot of people thought that was going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And it was only a matter of time. You know, the shine is really off of him. Kellen Moore, will he stick around with a new regime? I don't know about that because you got to think people are going to, they're going to clean house. So it's, it's not just Garrett. There's going to be a lot of people and a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of players who might see their last game with this team too. So Kevin, I, I saw this morning where Troy Aikman said the Cowboys are the team that nobody in the NFC wants to play when they're playing like they did yesterday. Do you believe that? Uh, I mean, I do, but that is a gigantic caveat because how how long have you seen the Cowboys like the Cowboys have not strung together consecutive performances like that since the first three weeks of the season? And the obvious argument can be made that those were against three of the worst teams in the NFL. So Troy Aikman is right, but that is a gigantic caveat, like I said, because how often does this team play like that? Not very. What was the last time? The, the Eagles game? And that's about it over the last 11 weeks. How do you account for a team that can lose to the Jets and not just beat the Rams, but obliterate them? 475 yards total offense, 263 on the ground. How in the world would you explain that to someone that doesn't watch them each and every week? It's going to be a word that has driven Cowboys fans insane all year. And it's Jason Garrett's favorite word. It is execution. Because, like, I know people are focused on the offensive part of it, and I absolutely get that. But don't forget, one of the reasons that the offense was able to break it open, especially by focusing on the ground game, is that the defense was shutting it down. Like, so often the Cowboys have kind of had to move off of the run game because they fell behind in the pass, 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 which kind of led to some of their inflated offensive numbers. But the fact that the defense stopped missing so many tackles and shut it down, I think that's what really sparked this team. And there's nothing to explain that besides execution, which is a word I usually hate hearing all year. But yesterday, eh, fair. All right. So here's my question as it relates to Jason Garrett. I know we've asked you this before. I think most people presume that he's done after this year. What do you think the Cowboys need to accomplish for him to get a contract extension and to stay in Dallas? Do they have to get to the Super Bowl 
or would an NFC Championship game appearance be enough in your mind? I think, you know, I actually might be in the minority in this as this season has gone along. I, but I, I, I felt the same way all along. It's the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys have not been to an NFC Championship game in 24 years, which is crazy when you think about it because of the first 30, they were in half of them. And then they haven't been to one since then. So I think if you get there, look, the thing that people dismiss too easily is they're like, oh, Jason Garrett's not good at coaching, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's awesome. That None of that matters. What does Jerry Jones think? Jerry Jones loves Jason Garrett, and he wants to get credit for Jason Garrett-led Cowboys team making it eventually to the Super Bowl. So if they get to the NFC Championship game, people could complain all they like, but I think he's going to stick around. So yesterday was a, a typical... Cowboys credit blame situation before the game they have the coin toss thing and defer gate whatever you want to call it and we'll get your thoughts on that but everyone's blaming Jason Garrett then you hear the audio and you hear Dak say defer so you're like ah you must have told him to defer and Dak kind of screwed that up and but still everybody's roasting Jason Garrett on social media then, after the game, the Cowboys blow them out, and they win by a lot. Not one person gives Jason Garrett one shred, one iota of credit. Why has he become the punching bag? Why is he social media fodder? Why does he get all of the blame but none of the credit? I think the logical answer there is because he's the most visible, changeable piece, right? Because, I mean, people can blame Jerry, Stephen, all they want. It makes no difference because that's not a changeable piece, you know? Like, if you're looking at it as an equation, those are your constants, and they're never going to change. And the number one, the highest profile variable is Jason Garrett. I think you see a lot of the same thing with Dak Prescott is, you know, he gets blame— Maybe that's changed a little bit this year, but he gets a lot of blame when things go poorly and then things go well yesterday. Well, the running game looked good. It's Zeke. It's Zeke. It's the offensive line. So I think it's kind of similar. Is Those are the two highest profile changeable things. And you hear the same thing when it comes to who gets credit for Dak because – you know, when Dak does poorly, people are like, oh, I thought Garrett was supposed to be some quarterback guru. But when Dak does well, they're like, oh, it was, you know, Wade Wilson back in the day. It was Kellen Moore now. Like, people don't give him credit for anything. So you're right about that. It was almost a lot of blame to Dak Prescott on Defergate. Uh, for those that didn't see the game, it was almost the situation that the Cowboys kicked off to start the first and the second half. From your perspective, what exactly happened, and did the NFL do the right thing? I think the NFL absolutely did the right thing. I just, I, I kind of felt like it was a referee sort of trying to get his shine on and get his spotlight because. I mean, you heard the audio, like he clearly said defer, but even if he doesn't, like, do you really think an NFL team wants to kick off in the first half and the second half? And so he didn't say you want to kick in both halves or anything like that. He goes, kick? Okay. So like, I mean, it's one of those things where you just take it for granted. The ref knows what he means. And how are you not going to clarify in that situation? You're like, Ooh, I gotcha. Cause you didn't say the exact right word. Come on, dude. Nobody's here to see you. Last question for me, Kev. You know, 
I'm going to do a lot of Philly radio, Philly media this week. And I think the Cowboys are significantly better than the Eagles right now. But my argument, my shot for the Eagles will be back-to-back weeks. Carson Wentz has led them from behind on a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. Meanwhile, the Cowboys really haven't won a close game all year. I mean, if you want to try to count that Driscoll-Detroit game, I don't know if you, know if you count that as a quote-unquote close game. So my argument will be that if it's a close game, the Eagles can win because the Cowboys can't win close games. Is that fair in your mind? Um, You know, my argument would be they can't win close games against quality teams, whether it's the Saints, the Packers, the Vikings, and unfortunately, not to give you fodder to rile up the Philadelphia fans, but they're not playing a quality team. Look, if you want to say that the Cowboys aren't a quality team, well, that's kind of tough to argue against at certain points. But the Eagles are not a good team, and that's why I think that the Cowboys win, even if it's close, because they ain't the Vikings, they're sure not the Saints, and they're definitely not the Packers either. This is not a particularly good Eagles team. So I understand the close game argument, but I don't necessarily feel it applies here. Kevin Hagelin, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Good to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk to you later in the week about this big matchup. We won! Woo! Celebrated, brother. Now it's on to the Eagles and WIP Radio this morning. Had Doug Peterson, the head coach, on to talk about this Eagles team that just seems to make it interesting. No matter what, they can't put a bad team away. They won 37-27. You know if you watch the game, it was a hell of a lot closer than that. They needed the practice squad, former quarterback, to get the game-winning touchdown. Here's Peterson on WIP Radio on their team, always making it close. Was that tough for you two on the sideline? You know what? It was. I, I And I kind of said that after the game to the team. I was like, guys, why are we making this so difficult sometimes? You know, I mean, I looked up and you know, offense is going 16 plays, 10 plays, 12 plays, 11 plays. And, you know, the, the defense is, is uh, you know, is, or we've got penalties that extend drives and we're missing tackle. We're just making it too hard for on ourselves. And, and these are the things we got to clean up. Uh, but I'm happy for the guys. I mean, obviously, it's a 60-minute football game. They, they, they battled right to the end um, and, and got the win. Doug Peterson, WIP Radio this morning. Miles Sanders, 172 total yards and two touchdowns. That's the best thing they've got going. Not named Zach Ertz, but I just don't know how, Ross. This Philadelphia roster, as presently constituted and banged up in the way the defense is playing, how they match up with Dallas this week. Well, the only way they do is if, for the first time all year, the Eagles' offense and defense both play pretty well at the same time. You know, the Eagles offensively did pretty well at the end of the Giants game, and they were pretty good yesterday, actually, the offense was. But the defense couldn't sack Dwayne Haskins one time. I think he had been sacked like 24 times in his five games, something crazy, and the defense could not get to him. They could not tackle Terry McLaurin. They could not tackle Adrian Peterson. Their defense has dropped off significantly from how they were playing earlier uh, against teams like Seattle and New England. 
They do seem to play better defensively at home. They're going to have to have, because they're healthier on that side of the ball, their best defensive performance of the year on Sunday against the Cowboys. It's kind of funny. They Two things I think are interesting, right? I don't think the Eagles are going to win that game. I mean, they could, but I don't think they're going to. And so they're probably finished with like an 8-8 eight and eight record or whatever. They won't make the playoffs. But they still on some weird level will get some positives out of the season in the sense that, number one, Carson Wentz stayed healthy for the whole year if that knock on wood happens. And number two, he showed he could be late in the year the kind of quarterback that could put the team on his back despite the fact that he's throwing to all these guys that were on practice squad a couple weeks ago. You know, I've probably said this before, Dave. I'm going to say it again. I do the Eagles preseason telecasts. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit self-serving or whatever. But during, like, the second or third quarter, I would say, listen, I know you haven't heard a lot of a lot of these guys are out here right now, but one of these guys is going to end up making a play for the Eagles late in the year that really helps them. One of these guys. Dave, I had no idea it would be all of them. It would be Greg Ward, Boston Scott, uh, Josh Perkins, Arthago Whiteside. These were literally my third quarter preseason crew. These were the preseason dudes, and now they're all out there up from practice squad, playing in meaningful December NFC East games with the division online. It's I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. You know, I've seen quarterbacks yeah. carry guys, carry teams when they have backups in. I haven't seen them do it with practice squad second string preseason guys. Why does Howie Roseman, though, get so much credit as one of the best GMs in football, given their receiver situation. And I understand there have been some injuries, but Deshaun Jackson's an older guy. Nelson Aguilar's never been that good. Alshon Jeffrey's an older receiver, clearly at the back end on the back nine. While Jerry Jones gets nothing but shit on for his role as general manager for the Dallas Cowboys, look what he's done with the receiving core. Bringing in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, trading for Randall Cobb or signing Randall Cobb, who was a free agent, that wide receiving core looks loaded. All you hear is negative comments about Jerry, the GM and positive about Howie Roseman. Is it fair? No, I don't think it is fair. And I think that's a good point that you raise. I think the answer is because Howie Roseman brought the first Super Bowl in Eagles franchise history to the city of Philadelphia two years ago. I think that is the reason, whereas the thought process is Jerry Jones has done nothing but have the Cowboys go nowhere in 25 years almost. They haven't even gotten to a conference championship game. And so Roseman Mm. benefits and Jerry Jones gets hurt based on their track records, especially their recent track records. 
Yeah, it just seems to me that roster construction, I love what Jerry's done with this team, in particular building through the offensive line. He's put together a Super Bowl roster. Can Jason Garrett win a Super Bowl? Does not appear the case, but we shall see. Uh, what happened in Philadelphia on Saturday, I want to talk about before we go, because Army and Navy played yet again, and it was a terrific show. Uh, Navy finally broke that three-game skid. One of my favorite games at any level of football throughout the year, it's just a wonderful display of camaraderie, of service, of spirit, of football, of everything we love about this country. And then came this. Reports this morning circulating about cadets and servicemen behind Reese Davis, the ESPN broadcaster, during the ESPN pregame show, making what appears to be the white power hand gesture that the internet has essentially said, yes, everyone knows what that is. Those cadets and servicemen certainly knew exactly what that was. You told me before this weekend, going to that game makes you feel great about your country. Does this story ruin that? Yeah, I'm confused on this one on multiple levels. Um, let's start with, I, I did not know about the hand signal. I did not know that that's a white power hand signal. So I don't know that everybody knows that. But certainly you would think if the the cadets and midshipmen, it was both Army and Navy, right? Dave, there are people from both branches doing it. Both, that is right. Yeah, so you would think if they're doing that, that they must know what that hand signal means, or at least they have some idea what that hand signal means to them. Maybe something got messed up there because the part of it I don't understand is first of all, anything about race is the exact antithesis to the military. That's the beauty of the military similar to a football team is it doesn't matter where you're from socioeconomic background ethnicity any of that once you are in the u.s military you are part of the team and you are all in it together that's what's so beautiful about it and so awesome about it so that part of it is weird that they would um intentionally have a hand signal that goes away from that. But the bigger issue to me, Dave, would be these are smart kids. It is hard to get an appointment to West Point or to the Naval Academy. They're on TV, like there's cameras. They would easily be able to go back, look at the footage, identify who it was, and I'd have to imagine they'd get kicked out or majorly censured in some way i just find it hard to believe that they would knowingly do that on a television show television cameras knowing how easily it would be to get the tapes identify them and maybe kick them out that just seems that seems way way too stupid for these young men and women i hope you are right because that would ruin everything I love about one of the great games in all of football and really overshadow 
Malcolm Perry, the Navy quarterback who rushed for 304 yards, an unbelievable achievement to stop the Army three-game win streak. It's a terrific game, but these guys were clearly making that gesture to get on camera. Hopefully, there's an innocent explanation. There is still something to love about college football over the weekend that there is no downside to, unless, of course, you're Jalen Hurts or one of the other guys uh, that did not win the Heisman Trophy. Joe Burrow, the LSU quarterback, won in landslide, record-breaking fashion, the Heisman Trophy, rewarding a terrific season for he and the LSU Tigers. And his speech, if you don't love this speech, you don't love sports. Listen to Burrow accept the award. From, from Southeast Ohio, it's, it's a very, very impoverished area, and... The, the, the poverty rate is almost two times the, the national average, and there's so many people there that, that don't have a lot. And I'm up here for all those, all those kids in Athens and in Athens County that you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school, and you guys can be up here too. I'd like to thank... Louisiana, the entire state. Like I said earlier, just just a kid from Ohio coming down, chasing a dream. And the entire state has welcomed me and my family with, with open arms and, and invited us in to, to be native Louisianans. I've, I've learned to, to love crawfish and gumbo. And, you know, during crawfish, during crawfish season, we... Coach O, make sure we got we have pounds and pounds and pounds of crawfish during that year. Coach O, you have no idea what you mean to my family. You know, I didn't play for three years. You took a chance on me, not knowing if I could play or not. And I'm forever in your, forever grateful for you. Can you imagine a guy like Coach O giving me the keys to, to his football program? He just means so much to me and my family. Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, said Coach O should get a lifetime contract. The numbers are these, 78%, 4,700 yards, 48 touchdowns, six interceptions. It almost doesn't matter when you hear about the young man he is. Huh, Ross? Yeah, I live for stuff like that. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier the Eli Manning thing, how much I love that. That moment between Joe Burrow and – Ed Orgeron, that is everything. You know, it's someone showing faith in you and a belief in you that perhaps you haven't really earned and how much that matters to people, how much they appreciate it, and then how special it makes it when you return the favor and you produce and you make them right 
and they showed faith in you, and that faith is rewarded. You know, it's one thing for Burrow, who's a young guy, to be like that, but then to see Orgeron uh, get choked up, that was really, really cool. I think I tweeted, at Ross Tucker NFL, you're at Dave Briggs TV, the show's at RDC Home and Home, that if I'm LSU, I'm showing that Joe Burrow video to every recruit for the rest of time. As long as Orgeron's the coach, to see how that Heisman quarterback feels about his coach and that guy in particular, yeah. And I do think you get that. And I think if you're a recruit coming down to LSU or Alabama, I don't picture anybody having those type of uh, warm fuzzies or feeling great about (laughs) Nick Saban. That could be the difference. No, you, you don't hear that about Saban, and that is a great point. Play that in every family room in America when you go out on the recruiting uh, trail. Hard not to root for Joe Burrow in the college football playoff, and next season he is definitely a Cincinnati Bengal, number one pick overall in the draft. Looks like they are burrowing. That'll do it for us on a football Monday. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Tomorrow, another goodwill gesture why Tom Brady is sending a jersey to the Bengals' Joe Mixon. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t